This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the very best media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And today is our monthly series called Closing Time with Chris Linzel from theclose.com. Now, this is a partnership between Keeping It Real and theclose.com. And let me tell you about the close. Now, theclose.com is a kind of real estate website designed to give agents, teams, and brokerages. Um, actionable strategic insight from industry professionals. They cover real estate marketing, lead generation, technology, and team building strategies from the perspective of working agents and brokers who want to take their business to the next level. Please visit theclose.com, that's T-H-E-C-L-O-S-E.com, and subscribe to their newsletter so you can get notified every time they publish an article. And with us, as always, is Chris Linsell. He is a staff writer and real estate coach for The Close. Uh, Chris is The Close's resident expert on real estate topics ranging from marketing, lead generation, transactional best practices, and everything in between. He's a licensed agent in the state of Michigan. Chris has been part of hundreds of transactions from modest rural starter homes to massive waterside compounds. When he isn't writing, uh, you'll find Chris uh, fly fishing or performing on the stage of his community theaters production, uh, although uh, probably virtual productions at the moment. Hopefully uh, soon you'll be back on the the physical stage. Um, But uh, well, Chris, welcome once again to Keeping It Real. We're excited to have you. DJ, thanks for having me. Really great to be back. Uh, good to good to see you. Feel like it's been a feel like it's been a while. Time we're in some sort of weird time warp. So I can't tell if it's been a month or a year since we've talked to each other. But oh, good to be back. I, um, yeah, I agree. It's so for people who are listening. Uh, there's a lot of people that are watching live right now. So we know if you are watching live, it's November 10th. But for those of you listening, um, it might be a week or so later. Um, so as of today, uh, obviously, some some big news in the last week or so around the presidential election. Um, President President elect Biden is is purported to be the winner, although there will be some um, uh, questioning of that process over the next several months by uh, our current President Trump, who is exploring some legal options to make sure those votes are uh, are, are valid, and uh, obviously Michigan was was one of the one of the states that was in play uh, during the election. So very exciting time. So what was it like in Michigan during the election? Well, exciting is an interesting word to choose <laughs> for it. Honestly, uh, you know, all things considered, it was it was fine. It it. Um, I uh, got up and voted on election day. I was uh, in line at my polling station 15 minutes before the polls opened. I was uh, 17th in line and the whole process went pretty smooth. And I would say just in general, in Michigan, the process was was relatively smooth. I can only speak from my own experience and those you know that I'm connected to, but generally speaking, things were okay. But you know, I, I want I want to point out that 
you know, I probably had a little bit of a different, um, you know, kind of uh, frame of reference uh, when it comes to this election than many of the people around me because, you know, like you, I'm, I'm thinking about this in terms of how it's going to not only affect our country, but it's how it's going to affect our business, how it's going to affect sure. the, real, the real estate market and the real estate industry in general. So really, really interested to see, uh, you know, how things shook out on election day and uh, very curious to see how things are going to, going to work moving forward here. I was really interested in seeing how the market would react on Monday of this week. Uh, so on, on the 9th, uh, I have a, a closing of my own coming up and uh -huh. I needed to move some cash out of the market to, uh, to, for a down payment um, uh, when, it, when it closes. And it was a sizable amount of money. And I was really nervous because I wasn't, of course, sure what the outcome of the election would be. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't sure how the market would react to either candidate winning or, or losing. Yep. And so I, uh, I, I talked to my father, who, who really knows the market much better than I do. And, mm -hmm. and I said, I better get out a week or so ahead of time, just in case the world collapses. Uh, yep. And it turns out yesterday, and I haven't looked at the market today, but yesterday the market was up significant, significantly uh, more than, than what was expected. But it was also on the heels of the Pfizer announcement yeah. that they have a possible uh, vaccination that is, at, as of right now, is, is showing about a 90% effectiveness. And that may go down over time um, as they do more trials. But uh, very exciting news. So yep. the, so far, the market seems, and I don't know if that was the response was more to the presidential election or the coronavirus vaccine mm -hmm. announcement, but uh, the market has responded quite favorably so yep. far to what they believe is a, is a going to be a Biden presidency. Yeah, you know, I, I saw this. I saw the same things. Uh, full disclosure: I am invested in in a couple of different places, and uh, certainly not giving any kind of investment advice here. Just commentary. Uh, but uh, yeah, I saw the same thing. Markets markets bounced uh, close to five percent at, at one point uh, uh, up, which is which is great. Uh, tech stocks certainly saw um, some decline. Um, you know, and again, who knows exactly what the motivations behind that are. Uh, but, you know, I always I, I'm always cognizant of what the real estate market is doing in connection to the stock market, because the two yeah. things do have uh, some connections, uh, depending on the angle at which you are viewing these things, you know, how they're how they're oriented with one another. Uh, and, you know, a, a president elect Biden is going to bring to the table some some new ideas and some new policy initiatives. At least that's what his campaign has promised um, that really could shape uh, an interesting part, not just of our economy at large, but of the real estate industry. Um, and I'm, for one, am very curious to see if this was, uh, you know, they, they say that you campaign in poetry and you govern in prose. I'm, I'm <laughs> one, very, I'm very curious to see if some of the campaign uh, poetry actually becomes reality, uh, especially when it comes to real estate. Yeah, well, they, they're definitely um, President-elect Biden, uh, assuming he is he's sworn in, I'm assuming all, mm -hmm. all, all everything looks uh, looks go there, yeah. um, unless some massive widespread fraud is is unearthed in the next yeah. few months, which I suspect likely is, is unlikely, of course, to happen, but but who knows. Um, but assuming he, he is sworn in in January, you know, um, he does have some uphill battles with respect yeah. to, you know, the Senate and the House. So mm -hmm. um, won't be an, an easy ride for him to get some of that poetry and into prose yeah. uh 
Well, let's let's dig into a little bit of that poetry. Sure. What do you say? You want to talk about some of that? I would love to. Yeah. Okay, great. So, so you know, f- just for st- first start off by saying uh, I'm not going to in this conversation. I'm going to do my absolute best to not uh, engender any kind of political preference here. That's not really what this conversation is about. I certainly am going to go on record as saying I have political leanings and things that I believe. And you are welcome to check out my personal social media if that is of interest to you. But this conversation is more about our industry and trying to understand how policies and potential policies affect real estate and the business of real estate. So let's assume that uh, President-elect Biden is going to move into the White House uh, in January. Biden's, uh, you know, his policies around housing are much more, um, I, you know, I struggle with using the word subsidiary or, or um, substant uh, because it's not that all of Biden's policies just want to provide subsidy, but a lot of his policies are based on this idea of assistance. And that is a significant kind of 180 compared to the Trump administration's policies that were much more about deregulation. And right. this is a pretty classic conservative and uh, liberal battle here. You know, conservatives, uh, again, not speaking for everybody and not speaking in any kind of, um, you know, in all situations, but often conservatives are branded as the, as the group that think that people should have the right to make their own individual decisions with their own individual money or, or um uh, decisions. Uh, and, and the more, uh, liberal party believes that government has a role to play in providing, uh, programs or assistance to allow people the opportunity to have, um, you know, potential decisions that they wouldn't have otherwise. And Biden's housing policy is no exceptions to this. The kind of the, the flagship policy that Biden has talked about, and one that I believe that in one way or another we're going to see uh, in the early days of his presidency, is this $640 billion um, housing initiative designed to make home ownership more affordable for more Americans. And so $640 billion is a lot of money and it can do a lot of things. Yeah, I'm curious on on what um, what that six hundred forty dollars, what type of programs uh, would be would be implemented as a result yeah. to make it easier for for others to become homeowners. Well, he's named a couple of highlights here. The first thing he's named is uh, a first time homebuyer down payment tax credit of up to fifteen thousand dollars. Of course, there's wow. going to be some el- eligibility requirements on this. Um, and you know, for those of us who are working in the industry, we know fifteen thousand dollars. It only goes so far, especially if you are in a really competitive market. You know, if you want to put twenty percent down on a home, a hundred and fifty thousand dollar home, that twenty percent is thirty grand. So you still got to come up with fifteen thousand dollars right. on your own, even if you qualify for the for the maximum here. So. You know, there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, is this even enough on the progressive side of things? But let's just assume for for a minute that it is enough and it will make a difference for a lot of a lot of potential home buyers. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that it's not just first time home buyers who would potentially qualify for this. There are people in Biden's camp who have also floated the idea that teachers, 
first responders, public and government service workers would also be eligible for this uh, down payment tax credit. And in those cases, those folks wouldn't necessarily have to be first time home buyers. And that could be very significant for us. So he would basically, uh, his administration would identify uh, groups of people that um, he believes could use some additional assistance, maybe mm -hmm. they're um, more service focused to the public. Um, and they would say, hey, as a, as a thank you to some of the service you do for us as, as a society, as a, for our mm -hmm. country, mm -hmm. you, you we, we can even use this outside of a first time home purchase. This could be applicable to, to a second, third, fourth, type of transaction. That's correct. Yeah. And and so again, you know, all of these things are in the campaign promise phase. So, you know, certainly don't uh, scratch any of this stuff down in stone and tack it to your wall yet. But the way that it has been talked about is kind of a double-edged sword. The first edge is to provide uh, some infusion of cash specifically into the real estate market, which has a tendency to find its way to end users, that's the sellers of the homes, pocket for the most part. Of course, there are going to be some bumps along the road there. You know, you gotta, you're gonna have to pay a commission on your transaction. You're gonna have to pay title insurance. You're gonna have to, you'll pay insurance uh, or you'll pay um, maybe insurance on your mortgage or an interest on your mortgage. But right. generally speaking, when you put your down payment down, a big chunk of that is going to make its way into the seller's pocket. And so that sort of down payment tax credit is a, a great de facto economic stimulus because it, it tends to infuse a large chunk of that cash straight into the economy and not just into the pockets of you know, the dozen biggest businesses in the United States. So that's, that's kind of the double, the double side of it. You're providing assistance to people while at the same time, you're providing some lift for the general economy. Uh, and, you know, actually, now that I really think about it, there's, there's kind of a third edge too, which is an incentive to um, draw people towards those service related jobs to towards yeah. being a teacher, towards being a first responder, towards being a service worker. And, you know, I don't have the hard numbers in front of me, but I was just reading this morning that all of those, those major job fields listed here are all taking hits right now, because quite frankly, people don't want to put themselves in the, in the line of, uh, sure. of, of harm, so to speak, when it comes to COVID. And so some other incentive to kind of continue the flow of people into those sorts of industries, I think is, is another benefit there. And I want to pause for a second and for all of our listeners or viewers to sort of have an understanding about what you can do as an agent with this information. Mm, the reason yeah. why we're providing this um, is so that you can take this information out into uh, you know the field and, and speak to your sphere of influence, speak mm -hmm. to your contacts, your previous customers, your, your future customers. And, and Chris gave a lot of wonderful disclaimers at the beginning before um, launching into some of this, this information, which is to say that we, of course, don't know what's actually going to make it into, into effect um, come, come January or, or throughout that presidency. However, um, this is great information that 99% yeah. 
percent. I'm just making that number up, of course. But the vast majority of of your clients aren't going to be aware of, uh, unless of course they're part of this industry. So hopefully you can take some of these data points and begin to have these conversations with those appropriate disclaimers, um, yeah. uh, saying here's what we're hearing out in the field. So hopefully mm -hmm. this is really helpful because it gives you a reason to pick up the phone and start talking to your renters, uh, yeah. people that you know that that are thinking of moving, maybe people in the service industry, or just to be seen as a as more of a, a, a knowledge expert uh, in yeah. your field. So um, anyway, I'm sorry, Chris, didn't mean to stop the flow there, but I wanted to no. let everyone know this is great stuff. Please take notes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, actually on that note, you, you kind of took the, the next uh, sentence right out of my mouth. Uh, you, you want to kind of thinking about this as a real estate professional, this provides you with an opportunity. This conversation happening right now in the beginning, I mean, we're in the beginning of November, but whenever you're listening to this, this gives you an opportunity here because let's think about what the next eight to 10 weeks is going to look like for most of us. Most of us, our business is going to slow down a little bit. It's the typical kind of mid-November to the end of December slowdown as our clients are spending more time, um, you know, doing holiday related things. We're probably spending a little bit less time, you know, face to face or on the phone with people. And we have an opportunity to be thinking about what our strategy is going to be when uh, we hit the ground running in the beginning of January 2021. And if you have got a prospecting strategy, specifically if you're reaching out to first time home buyers, you should be internalizing this first, this first Biden potential policy and saying to yourself, how can I use this information? to leverage my conversations with potential buyers. Because ultimately, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be thinking to themselves, boy, 2021 comes around, this is going to be my year for prospecting, and I'm going to do all sorts of outreach. You are not the only person that has thought of this. So you have to be thoughtful about creating competitive advantage. And if you can use, if you can leverage these programs that are available to everyone, but make yourself appear to be the um, exclusive knowledge point for having these discussions and conversations in your local community, you can really you know, capitalize on this opportunity as a buyer's agent. And I'll also tag on to that uh, conversation you can have. Um, this is probably a, a setting yourself up for a, a much longer term transaction, but with sellers. Say, mm -hmm. here is some pro programs that are possibly coming down the pipe, for buyers, Mr. Yep. or Mrs. Homeowner. And if you're thinking about selling, there are going to be uh, likely, if some of these policies go into, into effect, more uh, buyers on the market with, yeah. with a little bit more purchasing power yep. and assuming if we uh, assume that rates will not spike up in, in the near future you know if you're thinking about selling uh in the in the next several years um here's some things that are they're you know incentivizing buyers potentially incentivizing buyers with to uh so it might even help get the sellers uh, in line for for thinking about moving yeah, that's, that's a great point, DJ. And in fact, that actually kind of reminds me of another thing I wanted to mention, which is um, another, another uh, kind of bullet point in the Biden plan. And this is one I feel very confident we're going to see is an extension on the moratorium for evictions nationwide. And here's why this is important to us. This is important because it does two things. First, it creates some delay in what could be um, 
a, a cascade of housing problems that will affect the market in significant ways. We can get into that another 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 time. But the second thing it does is it provides a little bit of heart palpitations in the wrong direction if you are the owner of of rental properties. Sure. In fact, you know, as um, I am not the personal, the sole owner of any rental properties, but uh, am invested in one way or the other in a couple of uh, Airbnbs that that uh, we typically use um, as long term rentals during the non vacation season. And this eviction moratorium is great for the people who can't pay their rent, but for those of us who are trying to pay a mortgage, yeah, it's tough. we need we need that rent. Right. And so this is a chance for you as a real estate agent to start doing some soft outreach to people who own rental properties and say, look, the market, your specific corner of it doesn't look like it's going to get any better in the next three months. Yeah. But the, the, if you have tenants who are not paying their rent now, they don't have any incentive to pay rent. I mean, of course we want them to pay rent, but if they don't have a job, they can't do it. You can't, you have no recourse against them. Here is what's going to happen over the next few months. This is a time for you as a real estate professional to reach out to those folks, to create a relationship, provide them with some options and say, look, if you see at the end of the road here, three months from now, that you are going to be in trouble on your mortgage, we should start talking about selling this property now so that you don't find yourself in that jeopardy. And, you know, for better or worse, there's always some uncertainty about what Donald Trump is going to decide or not decide to do. Biden has not exhibited those same properties. He has said very explicitly that this is an important part of our national recovery. And so I think you can pretty much take it to the bank that this eviction moratorium is going to be extended. And so right now is a time you should start having these conversations with rental property owners because they may not have recourse and may find themselves in very sticky financial situations uh, three, four, five months down the road. They can avoid those now and you can be the best agent in your community by providing it with them with some options. And, and if you're listening, thinking, well, will there be assistance to the mortgage owner or the mortgage, the lender, uh, sorry, the, the, uh, the, the, the owner uh, who, mm-hmm. who has to pay their mortgage, um, you know, we, we probably aren't the best podcast for that information, but there are lots and lots of uh, podcasts out there for investment focused podcasts mm-hmm. that talk about this nonstop right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, you know, definitely look out there to see what programs might be coming to assist the homeowner or, or the investor mm-hmm. as well, because mm-hmm. I'm sure there is uh, that is being discussed at length at, on other shows. Yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're not familiar with those, definitely check out the Bigger Pockets podcast. Oh yes, those, those guys do a lot of great stuff when it comes to investment conversations. Um, yeah, we we don't have. I, I'm not keyed in specifically to that end of things, but I can tell you, you know, markets respond to uh, to scarcity and to inventory, and when. Uh, when we have uh, no real impetus to push people out for non-payment, it's harder to 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 find that recourse. And so, yeah. you know, we just want to make sure, as real estate professionals, we're providing this. You know, at first, it's it's not just service; it's just knowledge. We're trying to provide members of our community with the knowledge they need to be able to make good decisions. 
Yeah, and and just as Chris mentioned, uh, and I'm so glad I had blinked on on Bigger Pockets. So that is that would be my choice as well. An amazing website for anyone who's interested in learning about investments as an as an agent or even mm-hmm. just as a consumer. Um, there's probably no greater resource uh, online uh, than BiggerPockets.com. So um, yeah, Bigger Pockets, great great suggestion there, Chris. Let's uh, let's talk about discrimination. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know. Racial discrimination in America, it's a very big topic and one, though, DJ, though our conversations are quite uh, enlightening, I don't think we're going to solve this one in the next 22 minutes here. So Probably not. So luckily, there are other people that are thinking about this. So Biden has made it one of his marquee issues, uh, racial discrimination in America. That certainly extends into housing. Uh, you know, for those of you who aren't totally read in, I don't know how you couldn't be at this point, but, uh, you know, Vice President-elect Harris, former Attorney General of California, also a woman of color, uh, very connected to these sorts of issues. And Biden has made it very clear. There's been a couple of uh, specific press releases. He actually talked about it in a town hall. It's all over his website that he has um, has pledged to close the racial uh, housing gap. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the, to not, you know, this is, again, this is a very dense and sophisticated topic, but the long and the short of it here is that home ownership rates, uh, mortgage approval rates and general, um, uh, wealth status in America, there is an extraordinary gap between white Americans and Americans of color, specifically black Americans. And this is, uh, amplified in the housing community, uh, because, for 70, something like 78, 79% of Americans, your largest source of wealth is the equity in your home. And when um, less than, it's something like a fifth of black Americans uh, own homes compared to, uh, to white Americans, it's pretty clear that there is, you know, there's a gap here and that mm-hmm. gap extends into the practice of getting a home as well. So- sure. Um, there have been a number of bullet points uh, that have been uh, kind of uh, proposed as a part of this fight. One of them is a proposed national standard for home appraisal uh, so that homes in neighborhoods that are, are primarily uh, populated by people of color aren't um, ranked or valued lower just by, you know, deference of, of the population that live there. Uh, there have uh, proposed uh, public credit agencies designed to be more accessible to Americans who have been systematically disadvantaged by the current systems. Um, some proposed uh, reinstatement of uh, Trump's rollbacks of, of uh, housing discrimination studies and monitoring. There's a lot that goes into this here. What is what real estate agents should take away from this? What they should what they should scratch on their sticky note and make an action item for themselves is two things. The first is these conversations, especially if you live in a major metro area, are going to be happening amongst everyone because something like a national appraisal standard is going to, by definition, lower the appraised value of some people's property. You can't, sure. this is just a problem. It's the same reason. Not everyone's going to to win. That's exactly <laughs> as, right. That's exactly yeah. right. The market as a whole is going to see itself rise, but there are going to be properties, neighborhoods, even some communities that a system like that would uh, at least temporarily not benefit. Sure. And so 
in that regard, in that regard, you know, I, I, again, try not to be political here. Personally, I think a national appraisal standard, the sentiment is correct, but the execution on it is theoretical. And so when right. you actually get it into communities, I'm not totally sure it would serve the purpose that, that those who are proposing it um, would think it would. So here's what real estate agents should be doing about this. We have, believe it or not, our own political advocacy group, RPAC, which is the Realist, uh, Realtors Political Action political, Committee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they are an extremely influential group I would bet just about everyone, uh, if you are if you belong to an MLS, I bet you our PAC has reached out and and has designated a representative for your MLS. Make your make your thoughts known about this. Reach out to our PAC, talk, talk to them about what's important to you and your community. You have a voice in determining how this legislation, if it becomes legislation, is enacted. The second, and I'll also, oh, yeah, I'll also say, but sorry to, to interrupt for a no, second. No. For, for everyone who is a member of a local association, um, as Chris was mentioning, if you're part of an MLS, you're likely part of what, what at least here in Chicago, we call a local association. D- you know, different areas may call it different, but wherever you're paying your MLS dues to, as Chris said, you likely have an RPEC representative, but also there's likely, um, and at least here in Chicago, um, it's a voluntary donation to mm-hmm. RPAC. And um, for a lot of uh, agents, they, um, they they tend to ignore that. But you know, if you're able to, and and your finances allow for it, I would encourage everyone to donate because that pays for these representatives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's what 1.6 million realtors, and I, 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 that's the last number I saw. It might be a yeah. bit more or less at this point. But but a lot of uh, people's jobs um, really are are uh, in many ways dependent upon these these uh, these ad uh, these activists uh, that mm-hmm. that work on your behalf, um, but yeah. they also need funding. So if you're somebody who normally uh, does not, um, if it's an optional donation and it's you know it, within your budget, I encourage you to throw a few dollars their way because they are working on your behalf. And and as Chris was mentioning, you have a voice to influence how they act uh, when mm-hmm. they meet with with uh, political members to to try to influence them. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it's also important to re- to remember too. This is the sort of thing that you don't have to be a donor. Like, like DJ said, you don't have to be a donor to reach out to our pack. Yes. You, they, they are here working for you, whether you donate or not. Um, and you know, there certainly is, you know, there's no price of admission for that email or that phone call. Right. Um, the other thing I think is worth mentioning here and I say this with all due respect to the men and women who are in the current administration um, I am confident that there are people in the current administration whose intentions were good and remain good and who are genuinely approaching their uh, policy initiatives from a place of deregulation in an attempt to you know, privatize, once again, the decision-making process for Americans. That being said, there have been decisions uh, and executive orders uh, that have come out of the Trump administration that have genuinely been had negative effects on um, uh, housing discrimination, specifically on studying and correcting housing and uh, housing discrimination in America's, especially America's largest cities. And this is something that 
we are going to, under a Biden administration, I think see some pretty radical changes around. So there's two things that I want realtors to be cognizant of here. The first one is you have two choices when it comes to these changes. You can either be supportive of change or you can be resistant of change, but the change is going to happen. And so you have a chance to be an advocate for positive change in your community by getting out in front of this issue, talking about it with your uh, with your clients, with your prospects, with your community, and being a voice, a, a, a voice in the leadership for change. The second thing I want you to keep in mind is um, under the Trump administration, quite frankly, there has been a bit of a desert when it comes to studying housing discrimination. Most studies have stopped. I, honestly, I tried to write an article about this earlier this year. I could not find reliable recent data from the government because it just didn't exist. Biden, I expect, is going to turn this around. And what this means for real estate agents is there's going to be a lot of people looking at this, talking about it, thinking about it, especially in major metro areas. So if you work in these areas, it is this is a someone is ringing the bell here. You have to make sure that all of your I's and lowercase j's are dotted, my friends. All of your T's are crossed because there are going to be people who are looking at these issues very closely. And even if it is unintentional, even if it is built into the, the backlog systems of your brokerage from many years ago, it is now time to reevaluate, just like we all should be doing on a regular basis. It's time to reevaluate our own personal business practices to make sure we are 100% above board, to make sure we are not not doing anything even unintentionally that would violate fair housing law because this issue is going to come into scrutiny very, very soon. And you don't want to be under the microscope on this. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I know we've covered that topic uh, in previous conversations. However, it's it's worth uh, repeating, which which you just did so eloquently, is it, really for everyone listening and, and watching to understand um, that it's a really good idea to educate, re-educate yourself or, or, um, you know, add an additional skill to your, to your tool belt, which is to say, where do I have any conscious or unconscious biases? Am I, uh, accidentally or intentionally leading a client um, mm -hmm. down a path that may be um, in violation uh, of some of these, um, you know, changes to come or, or even just existing rules and regulations. So um, we, you know, whether you have some of these inclinations or not, it's, it's worth just, you know, running a gut check, uh, Chris, I believe totally. as, as you've used uh, that term before and sort of trying to see, okay, where, where could I, where, where am I, um, uh, you know, maybe getting into, a gray area and, and how can mm -hmm. I be more in front of some of these changes? Um, because you're absolutely right in, in, a, in a more liberal, um, in a more, um, you know, democratic uh, uh, type of presidency, um, this idea of, of just let the free market decide is going to be uh, maybe may de-emphasized and, mm -hmm. and there's going to be a, a stronger emphasis on regulation, which would mean um, possible more scrutiny uh, yeah. on real estate agent behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and certainly, um, you know, Obviously, our licenses uh, to all of us listening or watching are are extremely important. Probably the most yeah. important part of our business is keeping our license in good standing. So this yeah. is a great time to really reevaluate: Am I actually doing everything above board? Mm -hmm. And and not to suggest anyone isn't, but mm -hmm. there, as Chris said, there may be some unintentional uh, decisions that you're making or unconscious decisions you're making that that might be perceived uh, as as quite negative or, or maybe detrimental to your career. 
Totally, totally. And, you know, I think, uh, DJ, I, I think it was you that, that shared this with me. I can't remember if it was you or if it was another conversation I had about the phrase in walking distance when it comes to uh, property yes. descriptions. You know, like I never thought of that phrase as being discriminatory until somebody, and I, I think it was you, uh, brought up to me that those who who are in a wheelchair or can't walk very easily, those who are, you know are clearly uh, covered under the Americans with Disability uh, Disabilities Act and under the Fair Housing Discrimination Rules, these are folks who that phrase is discriminatory against. Sure, and you know what? I have said that I've used that phrase in listings and I, I know without a doubt that there was absolutely no malice intent here. Sure. But let's just call a spade a spade. This issue is going to be talked about more and we live in a society and we are in a current media climate where there is a lot of sensitivity happening around these particular issues especially when it comes to race and in just given the events that have transpired over the last 12 months uh and now given the fact that we have a former attorney general of the fifth largest economy in the world uh in the white house who is going to be looking at racial injustice very closely this is something that real estate agents, like you'd just be silly to not be proactive about it. So as you are thinking about your 2021 plans, be thinking of, put this into the calculus. What are you going to do to be proactive about this? What are you going to do to be a leader in your community about it? Yeah, I think that's a, a really great place to wrap up. Um, you know, there's been so much great information here. I, I suspect uh, this will be a, a very popular episode of ours as I think real estate agents nationwide um, are, are watching and listening mm -hmm. to try to understand what are these possible changes that are coming and and how can I, you know, really start to brace my business and 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 brace for some of these changes and and not that that they're negative but just how mm -hmm. can i how can i absorb them now and start to take action yeah. um and and I, I think this was really, really helpful. I mean, I, everyone listening, how great is Chris? This is awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, I'm saying that to Chris because it's a strange thing to say to somebody, but I'm really saying it to the audience. So sure. I want everybody uh, to to shoot Chris a message too. Let him know uh, how much you appreciate some of this this uh, information because really, um, you know, that's the whole intention of this show is to help uh, provide really timely information to agents about mm -hmm. how to improve their business, but also to protect their business. And so we just spent a few minutes on protection. So if you're not up on some of the, the racial uh, concerns and issues around housing, um, now is a time to educate yourself as, yeah. as you know, we're winding down the rest of the year. Spend a few minutes and educate yourself. There's lots mm -hmm. of resources online um, to make sure that, that you are acting in, in a way that will protect your license, but also uh, will protect the, um, uh, the benefits of, of your clients. Mm -hmm. um, so make sure that, that you're doing that. But Chris, um, once again, uh, this has just been an amazing, amazing episode. I really appreciate all all the work that you put into this show um, mm -hmm. in partnership with The Close. I want to also, before, as we're wrapping up, to also remind everyone, theclose.com is, is a free service. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's uh, basically an online uh, a newspaper, an online blog of, of all things that agents want to know about to help grow or protect their business. It's an amazing resource. They have incredible writers like Chris on staff, and the articles they publish are really substantive. They, mm -hmm. These are not 
not, you know, five things to do to grow your business, which says like, reach out to customers. And, you know, the, there's lots of these lists we find online from, from various sites that maybe aren't as uh, full of, of actual steps, but the close really is prides themselves on amazing content. So um, the close.com is, is where you should be going and reading their articles. And also um, they have a, a premium subscription mm -hmm. service as well. Um, the regular content available for everyone, but the close pro, uh, Chris, can you just briefly tell our, our audience about that? Yeah, Close Pro available. Uh, it's uh, we've got a free trial, two week free trial. Um, after that, thirty bucks a month. Uh, that thirty dollars gets you uh, exclusive uh, small group coaching once a week. Um, I do uh, a coaching call with my partner Sean Modry, who's been in the business for twenty five years, uh, twelve years as a real estate coach in the Keller Williams Hall of Fame. A really, really knowledgeable guy. Every Monday. Tune in. We do. We call it the kickoff and kick-ass call about getting yourself ready for the week. You also have a huge resource library full of templates and scripts and uh, downloads that you can use to, to plug right into your business, as well as uh, major access to some significant courses, including uh, Six Simple Systems to Transform Your Real Estate Business and Sean Modry's brand new course, How to Survive and Thrive in a Changing Market, things that we're definitely facing uh, right now. So lots of value there. Um, and ultimately when you're a close pro member, you get everything that you get on the close. You just get some extra personal attention with it. Uh, it's really great for agents who are looking to, uh, take their business to the next level. You know, we, 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 I tell people on a regular basis, the close pro, this isn't for part-timers who are, who are, you know, satisfied to kind of flounder at six transactions a year. If you are ready to step up your business, the close pros for you. Yeah. So everyone go to the close.com. Um, be, if you're not already a, a, a diehard reader of their content, you should be, and they don't post, you know, 20 articles a week to make it really difficult to follow. They post three to, to five articles a week at, at most. And mm -hmm. each one is absolutely worth your time. And then uh, please explore the close pro as well. Yeah. 30 to, a free, uh, a free trial is amazing. You can see how much, uh, how much value it provides to you. And then 30 bucks a month is about as inexpensive, uh, of an option as I've ever seen for this type of service. So give it a shot. You won't be disappointed. We're, yeah. we're the biggest possible fans of the close.com here on our podcast. We're grateful to Chris, uh, for coming on every single month, taking time out of his own coaching business, his real estate business, and his, his writing, uh, for the close to, to share some of of this knowledge with okay. your with our listeners and viewers. So Chris, thank you once again on behalf of Chris and myself. We also want to thank everyone who's watching and uh, listening to this episode and remind everyone to help our uh, our uh, podcast grow is please tell a friend. Think of one other real estate professional that could benefit and, and really this particular episode, I think everyone could benefit. So send this out to everyone in your office. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, that would help our, our numbers, but it really is going to help every agent in your office yeah. as well. Um, this is something we do as a complimentary service to the industry, and we're hoping that you're, you're willing to share it. And then last, please follow us on Facebook. Um, find us at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. We uh, not only post every episode we do, but we find an article online. Um, for example, every single close article we post on our website 
as well because um, we're we're big fans and honestly there's there's not much uh, that we find that's ever better than what the close writes but we post articles that we find online every single day designed to help you grow your business so facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod and also last visit our podcast uh, visit our website keeping it real pod.com and we have every episode we've ever done you can actually scroll all the way to the bottom if you wanted to and to listen to all of our close episodes we have them broken down into categories we try to make it easy so you could literally listen to every Chris Linsell, the close.com uh, interview. And really uh, you'll get a lot of great information there. So Chris, thanks once again, and we will see you next week or next month. Sorry. Looking forward to it, DJ. Can't wait. Thanks, Chris.